0: Hello listening friends if you'd like to support unfriend me and the fine work it does in this ever changing world head on over to patreon.com/unfriendme today
1: spoiler alert you're a dick
0: <laughs> oh yeah well i happen to think spoilers help make everything better and i have the science to prove it lowborn oh yeah well, if
1: you think spoiling things is really cool and doesn't ruin anything, then Unfriend Me!
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unfriend Me. It's uh, Scott and Justin uh, Right, coming right back at you for July 31st, 2018, the last day of July. And uh, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I still have a cough from my dumb illness, and uh, that was funny. And I almost died. So hey, welcome back. <laughs> it's good to see you, Justin. Uh, how are you? And how do you feel about spoilers? I don't even have to ask. All right, do you really take this position that spoiling things doesn't it does ruin things, or are you, or are you, or did you take my position? Because I can never tell with these things at the beginning.
1: Uh, I mean, I think we're going to find out as we go further. But a uh, uh, top line, if, I, if I'm going to spoil the episode before we even begin it. Uh, I think that it is a very personal thing. Like, to to say that spoilers are good or bad is to say that, you know, let's say mayonnaise is, is good or bad. Like, I personally have a tremendous distaste for mayonnaise, but I'm not going to... If somebody eats it in front of me, I'm not going to, like, you know, uh, slap it out of their hands. I'm not going to uh, look to ban mayonnaise, uh, uh, you know, from the world. So I think it, it, it's very much a personal... Thing, But I think there's very important reasons why it's personal.
0: Yeah, I think think that's true. And I also think we're going to find out the nitty-gritty details of that today. You are highly encouraged today, everybody, to write down that number you see on the screen. 801-471-0462. After we get done with these emails, we're going to quickly go through spoiler culture as we know it. And then get right into your thoughts. And I know you've got them, so don't pretend you don't. Don't save it for an email. If you're watching or listening live, Zero excuses today. We want to hear what you think about spoilers. Are they good? Are they bad? Are you indifferent, and why? Yeah. Before we do that, although by yeah. uh,
1: although by the way, when it comes to mayo ice cream, uh, there is a a uh, ice creamery in Falkirk, Scotland, called Ice uh, that is selling mayonnaise ice cream. And I am willing to pay for your ice cream if you walk into that place, buy a mayo ice cream. And immediately film yourself throwing it in the trash. Oh, I was so, hoping you.
0: I was thinking, oh, if you send it to Justin, he'll do it because he likes a challenge. But you, you really no. just wanted to throw it away. I want you to film
1: yourself buying it, preferably, but definitely throwing it away. If you throw it away on camera, uh, I will pay for your ice cream. That's fantastic.
0: Well, uh, you heard it here first, everybody. Uh, make that happen. And waste some food in the name of Justin. Waste Robert-Ying.
1: some food. I want, I want you to waste some food. I'll pay for the food. Everybody will get it. But let's be honest. Nobody needs me. All right. Feedback from last week, Scott. Uh, we talked about furries. We did. Yeah. How did you feel? Do you, do you have any different uh, a week on? Because sometimes we do these episodes and specifically ones like we did last week. I feel like there's a lot of explored feelings that are kind of still raw by the end of an hour of conversation. Have you had anything, any further contemplation one week on?
0: Part of me wishes the story about the politician and the Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot erotica thing that came out of Virginia. I kind of wish that had happened before our episode because I would have found a way to squeeze that in and see if there was any connection to people being into Bigfoot and also being into furries. Not saying they are I'm just saying that's probably what would have happened. So I think that's a missed opportunity for some entertaining banter all of that being said
1: i'm sure i'm sure the the notoriously sensitive furry communities that have like their their ears up at any mention of their community in relationship to sex would
0: have loved it yeah i like how you said their ears would go up like animals do i think i I think i understand your reference wink wink anyway so what i'm saying is uh no i came away from that experience with a way better understanding of the fandom um, understanding its roots better, and also just kind of understanding where people are coming from, and part of that was a lot of emails and messages and stuff that I got outside of unfriend me. Just people saying, "Oh, by the way, I heard that unfriend me episode." As a sort of quiet member of the community that also uh, counts himself as a furry, you guys did a great job. Like, I heard nothing but compliments about the episode, yeah. and that I was very happy. About that, that, that surprised me because I, I admittedly maybe that's why, but I admittedly fumble into this one with very very little knowledge and and a lot of misconceptions and everything else. And I think I came away knowing more and feeling a little bit better about it. And I think people came away with that same vibe. So, so I think great success yet here we are. We have emails. uh, I I, I think, I think you'll be happy with
1: the, the the, the emails by and large were very, very positive. So I thank everybody for writing in about this. Uh, The fact that we didn't get lit on fire here uh, uh, was a success. Like there's, there there was, there was that, that to me is a 10 out of 10. Cameron wrote in, I'm surprised at just how little Scott has heard or been exposed to furry culture considering how long he's played Warcraft. Many players who happen to be furries tend to choose animal-like races or play druids and remain in animal form while playing uh, as a means of finding like-minded individuals. There are many furry guilds, but with that, a lot of opposition from other players. I'm in a Pandaren-only group that still recalls the difficulty of queuing for random dungeons when it was common to get messages like, quote not another panda get that furry shit out of here end quote <laughs> yeah before yeah. being voted out of the group it seems common knowledge so it was very interesting to me that the sort of behavior seemed unheard of to scott and i do wish that there were more people that just didn't care at all and would leave
0: me alone um i was aware uh, just real quick to just sort of address this i was aware that uh, Pandaren, specifically when the, when Missa Pandaria came out, a lot of people had all sorts of different levels of grief with the idea of pandas being in the game. They're basically upright walking sentient pandas that were discovered in the game. Um, but I loved that expansion. It was one of my favorites. My uh, level one ten mage, who I'm currently enjoying the pre patch content for the next expansion with, is a Pandaren uh, male. I have a Pandaren monk. Uh, they're awesome. I have zero complaints about the pandas in World of Warcraft, and World of Warcraft is almost like the least of this. If you go look at all the Korean MMOs and some of the stuff that you can find out of Asia, they are chock full of these sort of uh, animal-human hybrid kind of things. And that's totally cool. i got no problem with it. The reason that I didn't bring that up or it didn't occur to me to bring it up in that conversation is because... I've never understood why people had any problem with somebody being a druid or somebody being a panda or somebody being anything in the game. I prefer yeah. big, dumb, green orcs. That I don't know if that makes me a, a, a an orky or whatever name you want to give me, but I, I uh, that appeals to me for whatever reason. Big, brutish, hideous creatures that are nothing like me in real life. Well, maybe not the hideous part, but you know, like I like to role play as one of these these huge green beasts with tusks yeah. and all that. So. I never understood why there was any blowback there. So I never really dug into it because to me, it just seemed like more toxic game culture and I wasn't interested anyway. And we had a guild that didn't do that. So we kind of just stayed away from it.
1: That was, that was that for you.
0: Yeah. 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 Jonathan Rodin says, here's my short, hot take. Justin's fear of brownie blow. I'm sorry. Brownie. Brony. <laughs> brony. Sorry. No cookies for Justin. Because brownies are girl, Sc- girl scouts. Anyway, Justin's fear of brony. <laughs> I did it again. Justin's no, 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 yeah, fear. Feel- yeah, oh yeah, no, I got it right. Justin's fear of Brony blowback was palpable. I didn't get that from you. Hey, no, he's right. I'm really? not trying to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've been around these internets for long enough to know that I have too loose of a tongue and I'm too quick to make the joke to f around with communities that write seven thousand word emails. Yeah. And so I, unless I am prepared, I got my old Jules Verne dive suit on. I'm like, I'm ready to really explore something. And I have some element of knowledge. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to start any fight that I don't mean to, I, I don't mean to start. So yeah, no, I, I would say among them, bronies are are certainly one of them. Furries are another one, which is why I tried to put a little bit more uh, uh, time and effort into exploring that culture and understanding not only the culture, but also why the culture is, sensitive and that was i think hopefully came through in the research sure mike wrote a quick thought about a throwaway line that i heard scott use during the furries episode he said that he's socially liberal but fiscally conservative i hear this a lot and i used it to describe myself i read something not too long ago that challenged that notion however the basic premise being that you literally can't be both as social liberalism requires you to not be fiscally conservative Part of being socially liberal means offering the types of welfare programs that fiscal conservatives rebuke. I think that most people say to themselves, I don't care about gay marriage, furries, drug use, so I'm socially liberal. But they're trekking down the road of universal basic income, universal health care, unemployment benefits, taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly that group starts to fray. Scott, are you a unicorn uh, uh, torn between two impossible riffs?
0: Sure, why not? That's just the same as label me, labeling me anything else you feel like labeling me. So I'm not accusing Mike of this, but people do this with me all the time. They act like it's impossible to have one foot in one place and another foot in another place. I refuse to become a part of what people want me to be a part of. If they want me to be in their particular tribe, you can F off. No interest. You can't label me. You can't tell me what to do. All I know is there are certain things I look at and go, hmm, I feel this way about it. That feeling might align with one, you know, political affiliation or with the other. And the very next word out of my mouth might align the other direction. And that's the way it's always been with me. And I vote all over the freaking place. So try as all you might. You're not going to put me in your can, dude. You're not going to force me into your little freaking muffin tin so that I fit the perfect little size, whatever you think it's going to be. I think it's. Yeah. I think that this idea well, yeah. that you can or can't be one of these things and not be the other is ridiculous because, by definition, those labels don't include nu- the nuance I need. So since they're yeah. nuanceless, I'm not. I'm part of the nuance party. Welcome to the nuance party, everybody. Uh, I, I know Scott. Many sides.
1: Um. <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying that. Uh. What What I find odd about that argument is like, wait, why can't Shouldn't we be fiscally conservative with our gigantic welfare programs? Yes. And by, that, I mean,
0: yes. By, by that, I
1: mean not eliminating them, but just ensuring that they're operating at max efficiency Bingo. and therefore helping the most people. That's the one big thing that I've always found the most puzzling about political stuff. And we will get off politics like right after this. <laughs> but I've always found very, very, very odd is how they're. I'm for programs, like if they work, but like, A, let's show that they work. And B, let's make sure that we're like firing people who are bad at it because we can all agree that they're intensely important. So, like, let's make sure that these books are open and we have everybody. It's, you know, Reddit slash R slash open accounting. And you have every CPA and wannabe CPA on the planet ripping apart every balance sheet and trying to find. Every possible way that you can, you know, squeeze more out of those tax dollars because that—that's the one thing that I've always found curious is that there there seems to be a like no 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 start the program and then let it go <laughs> like let's dare not hurt the feelings of the people who are running these gigantic programs.
0: Right, I uh, I'm in complete agreement with you, and that babe is saying better what I meant to say here. I think it's possible to be fiscally conservative conservative about universal health care as an example. Uh, I saw, and I will never forget during the last election, some lady had a sign. I don't remember what rally it was at or what it was doing, but I saw this on TV. She had a sign that said, keep your socialist paws off my Medicare. And I about pooped myself. She's either being telling the most ironic joke ever or has no clue what she's saying. And so I stay away from those people because Mm. they're reductive and they don't know what they're saying.
1: Maybe she just refuses to be put in a small tin.
0: A muffin tin like me? Maybe. Yeah, like, maybe. maybe. All I know is I'm,
1: I. I'm, 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 she's in the I hate socialism and my socialist program.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But I I just uh, what you said is exactly how I feel. And so thank you for saying it better than I did. Here's one from Andrew, who says, I am 100 percent accepting that people might have this fandom for anthropomorphized characters even though I don't really get what is so exciting about the animal aspect. He's basically me. I get the fandom. Don't understand why I would ever have it. Anyway, what I can't uh, move past is the fact that some do escalate the fandom to a sex thing. To me, sexualizing animals, even anthro ones, feels just wrong. It gives me the same creepy feeling as when I think of consenting adults that engage in age play. Even though the participants are adults and not harming anyone, they are sexualizing something I feel shouldn't be sexualized. Animals... For furries, kids, for age play. I realize not all furries engage in this, but I can't get over the fact that some do. Uh, first of all, I was—I don't know what age play is, and I don't want to know. It doesn't sound like a thing I'd be into, and I've never heard oh, of it. Oh, you know. I, 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 can, I can assume from... The, I've never even heard the term until this email.
1: I know. You had to have seen... It was like a thing in, like, 90s
0: daytime television... Oh yeah, was- a thing I would watch every day. I don't watch daytime television in the '90s or any other decade.
1: Oh, okay, I don't right, so know, you have no idea. I'm sorry, Scott. You have no idea who Jerry Springer.
0: Is. Oh yeah, no, I know who Jerry Springer is. I've seen Jerry Springer things, but when do they talk? I see this That's age? What I'm saying. Yeah.
1: No, no it was, it's like the adult babies, where you you pretend to be a baby and somebody takes care of you and stuff like that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I still didn't know that was a thing. Uh, Look, no judgment, whatever, do what you got to do, but I understand his point. I would submit, without going into it too long, because we want to get to our main topic today, that uh, this sort of thing happens in every kind of fandom. Uh, It will not surprise some that if you get around BlizzCon time, about two weeks ahead of BlizzCon, you will find multiple Craigslist ads. Asking for like-minded Hoarder Alliance players who want to meet in a hotel room and have orgies. This happens every year, and they're serious, and they generally want it to have, ha- have it happen. They want it to be faction-based. In some cases, there may even be this furry aspect. I don't know. The point is, every fandom has this aspect around it Now, whether or not it gets politicized or pu- pushed by the media or uh, has the shock factor that we all associate with perhaps the furry one or this age play thing he's talking about. I don't know and I couldn't tell you, but I guarantee it hovers around the periphery of every kind of fandom, and I would be shocked if there wasn't so much nerd sex happening at like Dragon Con that it would blow all of our minds,
1: oh no, I mean it's like known for it, yeah, it's like it's like a part of that culture is that nerds get laid at Dragon con, right. Uh, uh Yeah, all I'll say to this is we did get another email that went into more graphic detail on this, but I think we have exposed, and I'm glad that we did, a element of furry criticism that gets a little bit more directly to the idea that if there is sex amongst furries, it makes them uncomfortable because they equate it with sex with animals. Right. Uh, And and the other email that we got that I declined to put in here got into a more graphic case of somebody who said that he had a friend that was a furry that wound up being into this,
0: you know, this aspect. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, There's always going to be outliers, but just swap your your two ponies with uh, Princess Leia Slave slave and uh, Deadpool, because that's what happens at other cons. I
1: mean, the best advice that I got on my first Dragon Con was somebody, and I forget even who it was. I don't. Even, it wasn't even like a friend. It was somebody who just like first Dragon Con. Yeah, don't party with Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why? And he goes, because it's real to them.
0: Oh my gosh, but, dude! So there we go. That That's that was really that was my funny. first thing.
1: But it's like, no, no, no. When when you like, 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 you know what a Klingon mating ritual is, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. they put their hands yeah. together,
0: they, ble- they bleed, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so
1: there we go. Jack finally wrote, uh, one topic that I didn't think was discussed at length was internal drama. With all the large groups of individuals, the larger the group, the more problems arise. The, the, the different nature of furries, as you mentioned, and the wide variety of individuals, there was a ton of drama. In my experience, being in a furry guild in games like WoW has never ended well despite being a furry. I tried to avoid them as I just want to raid and have fun jack i feel like uh, not only because this segment is going on for too long but just because we seem to have escaped this with minimal cuts and bruises good luck
0: with all that (laughs) i concur uh remember if you write short emails they'll be read if you write long ones they'll be edited and if they're really long justin may just edit your email and make it the opposite of what you were trying to say this is a real threat from someone who's who's may or may not have carried this out in past episodes you'd have to go and listen for yourselves to see if you can figure out when so try and keep it brief unfriend me at gmail no unfriend me show at gmail.com unfriend me show at gmail.com justin tell me about spoilers why are they bad why are they good what are spoilers anyway
1: here we go. Definition: uh, uh, A spoiler is the information about the plot of a motion picture or TV program that can spoil a viewer's sense of surprise or suspense. Also, a person who discloses such information. This is from Merriam-Webster. The first known use of spoiler was a Doug Kenny column in an April 1971 National Lampoon magazine entitled Spoilers, where he spoiled the endings of famous stories. Fun fact: the cover of that. Uh, uh, National Lampoons features a Frank uh, uh, Frizetta oil painting of a fake Rudyard Kipling novel called White Man's Wet Dream, <laughs> which is intensely funny. And if you are a patron, you are going to get all these notes and you're going to get the link to that. But if you can, if you could seek it out, it's something really transgressive and funny in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, do spoilers spoil anything? Here was the experiment. Nicholas Christianfeld and Jonathan Levitt of UC San Diego gave several dozen undergraduates twelve different short stories. The stories came in three different flavors: ironic twists, straight-up mysteries, and literary stories by writers like Updike and Carver, so ones that weren't really like twist-dependent. Right. Some subjects read the story as is, without a spoiler. Some read the story with a spoiler carefully embedded in the actual text, and if uh, as if Chekhov himself had given away the end. And some read the story with a spoiler disclaimer in the preface. The result, every book was liked better by everybody who read a spoiler before they read the actual book. The implication being that spoilers not only didn't ruin the experience, they enhanced it in this experiment.
0: Yeah. And by the way, uh, don't go thinking that they also all thought that this was true. Even now, I'll bet participants who didn't like being spoiled but ended up liking the book more than the other control group still don't think they like spoilers. This is why this is a controversial thing because what the data suggests is no matter how much our common sense brains say we don't want spoilers, we actually do and our enjoyment of something, film, story, TV, is enhanced by it.
1: I don't know if we'd go that far based on this experiment. This mm-hmm. experiment is demonstrating that for short stories at the very least. But I do think there is a cultural element to spoilers that is not represented in that experiment. That yeah. that the idea that not only are you reading something personally that you either may or may not know, but that you are uh, in a community with other people who have various levels of knowledge. I do think plays into yeah. Uh, but where do they come from? The term spoilers, aside from that Doug Kenny column, culturally is traced back to December 6th, 1994. Uh, that is a Washington uh, Post article that first talked about the Nets' still sparse cultural possibilities and listed... Oh, sorry, no, this it goes back even further. On Movie, buff, du- movie Buff's discussion list, for instance, There's wide use of the term spoiler alert. This is on Usenet groups in the 90s. Yeah. The Usenet archives compiled on the Google Groups page reveals that nerds were banding about the phrase as early as June 8th, 1982, uh, uh, before I was born, when a commenter placed spoiler alert before mentioning a detail about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. The movie had only been released four days earlier, and he assumed that many had not seen it. So that is, in our modern parlance of spoiler alert, that is the earliest known use of it was for Wrath of Khan.
0: I was, uh, it would have made me about 11 or 12, and uh, it had to have been... Resigned to that sort of early Usenet, ARPANET kind of space because I never heard this term until, you know, big internet days of mid late 90s. And then you heard yeah, it all the I mean, time. I
1: would say, in terms of it coming mainstream, it was really the movie blog explosion of the mid 90s that, that the like Ain't It Cool News is and, and, and right. stuff like that. And that's where I certainly first remember.
0: And it. what changed really in this, in the intervening time between the Ain't It Cool News era and now is. Things like Twitter, things like Facebook, things that just make it constant barrage, short headline in your face. If you're following somebody who spoils you, you're getting spoiled. Uh, Not only that, the companies you follow who make the content you like are going to put up a trailer for Venom today from Fox, and you're going to either watch it or you're not. But some people may say, ooh, Tom Hardy looks good when it's just half his face in there or whatever, and then you may see that as a spoiler, which takes us to the whole other level of this thing, which is where I hope some of our callers... Uh, we'll address some of this stuff. It's no longer just as simple as, did you see Six Sense? No, not yet. Guess what? So-and-so is a thing or whatever, right? Yeah. That's a, I'm even hesitant to spoil that, even though it's that old. Yeah, But Bailey Joel Osment dies. <laughs> he sees dead people for a reason. Uh, We just misdirected them completely. But anyway, the point is, or- it, well, I assume some people haven't seen it. I don't know.
1: Bruce Willis is dead. Whatever. All right. Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Fine. He's He's dead dead. the whole time. He's dead
0: the whole time. It was one of those. uh, (laughs) Right. He's gone. Uh, So if you told somebody that outright in 2001 or 99, whenever it was, you were running the risk of them going, oh, man, I would like to have learned that myself, especially a movie where the entire premise leads up to the reveal. And uh, you could do that in a very simple way. Now, I feel like I can't even say who plays the character in the thing coming up or what, uh, what character in Harry Potter, in the Harry Potter book left school or any kind of anything feels like people immediately accuse you of spoilering anything. And it doesn't matter what it is. I could tell a out and out lie about a movie, uh, or just make the mention that, um, well, so-and-so directed it. And then they're going to go, ah, yeah, yeah, whoa, slow down, spoil it. No, it's not spoilers. That That's where we start getting stupid. How much of this is our
1: problem because we do broadcast content? It's a lot of it. Right? <laughs> Two-thirds. Because like, I, I, I have the same feeling, that I feel the need to tiptoe through. If I were just private citizen Justin Robert Young, <laughs> I would probably be talking more loose about spoilers. Anything I think I did as I realized that I had people listening to me and watching me and tuning into my social media because they enjoyed the work that I did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, th- there's a there's a movie out right now called Sorry to Bother You that I believe as many people should see as possible just because I really like the movie and I hope it does really, really well. But also it involves some things that took me by surprise when I watched the movie. Yeah. And I I am wrestling with when some of those things come out of the the high holy spoiler category. Right. Right. Like at what point can I say there's a third act twist I never saw coming, that I really like the movie, and then I love the movie because of a thing that happened in the third
0: act. That's a great right. example, actually, because what you did there to somebody is a spoiler just now. Somebody saw, yeah. says, says that what you just said is going to, quote-unquote, spoil the movie for them. If we're going to use the word literally, you've ruined the movie for them. And some people in my life, namely Andrew Maine, who
1: I have been friends with for many, many years, and is a great listen. There's a reason why he's a great author. He writes great books because he has a tremendous idea for story and a very analytical mind. That dude hates any description of any movie that he's interested in seeing because he oftentimes very, very correctly can suss out uh, uh, what is happening. In fact, he once figured out from looking at the poster, the poster. <laughs> For Super Eight, the twist at the end of Super Eight. Mm. And we happen to know because he's a he's a magician, the director of photography. Yeah. And he texted him and he's like, Hey, by the way, the alien's hiding in the water tower, right? <laughs> and he had to out, he had to lie to him and be like, No, no, no. And then we watched the movie and you just texting him back. It's like, You're goddamn blind.
0: Yeah. I love <laughs> never that. Lie to me again. I love that. No, but it's, it's like
1: Cause some people are very good and they want to be surprised. They want to allow themselves the ability to be surprised. And so that's my point. And we should open the the phone lines now. Yeah. Uh, again, that phone number is 801-471-0462. If you are listening to my voice right now and you are, uh, have the, uh, you know, maybe you're listening to it later, put this in your phone. 801-471-0462. Put it as unfriend me. So when you hear us live or you see the alert live, and you see what we're talking about, you can just hit that button, call in, you're good to go.
0: That's right. Like this. Oh, hold on. Let's kill that one. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? You know what we're talking about. Hello. Call or turn down your radio. Turn down your radio. There's a delay. Hello. Hello. Man, this show sounds great. Yeah, I'm gonna turn that off. All right. Uh call back, whoever that was, or call in again. If uh, so I noticed somebody else came while he was there and now we lost that person. So try back. Hey, listen, if you're calling in, you gotta you got to do the speaker on your phone, not us, not the radio. We're delayed by like a minute. So yeah. uh, do, do not make that your earpiece. Uh, okay, we got another attempt here. Let's see if this is the same person or not. Hold on a second. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, okay, yeah, here. Hello? Oh, hello. Hi, is this Sebastian? Hello. Oh, yes. Hi, how, how are you? you? It's bad. nice to hear, nice to hear <laughs> your voice. What can we do for you? Oh,
1: okay, just calling in yeah sure uh anyway. huh. didn't even sorry you threw me off so much by knowing my name i didn't even know i was on <laughs> <laughs> somehow, uh, somehow
0: by the way i don't know why i know it either it shows up in here and i don't know how because this is a it must be a caller id thing but it says your first name it's weird anyway go ahead for friends on facebook a million years ago before you did the perch. maybe oh, that's it anyway. maybe that's it that could be it yeah
1: okay anyway uh yeah um, so I just I I don't know I feel like in a world where uh, you know we've we've got you know creators are empowered
0: and we're getting great stories all the time from every angle I think you know in a in a sense we might be fatigued uh, that you know every TV show is great these days I mean not really but you know and I think one thing though that like any story like one central value that they all still hold is the ability to surprise you and I think surprise
1: is like you know as long as it's a good surprise a wonderful emotion. And, uh, you know, any time that I guess some of the surprise is taken away, I mean, I'm not, I don't hate spoilers. I'm not raging against them, but I think to some extent it, it diminishes the experience.
0: Okay. This is a really, this is a great point, Justin. This idea that it's not just about um, the one story or the one piece of character information you think is interesting, it's that need we all have. To be surprised, to have that magical moment of, oh my gosh, I did not see that coming, and not have your idiot friend up the street accidentally tell you that. And then that whole movie, you're just waiting for that moment to come. He has a pretty good point.
1: Uh, sure. And I think that there's another part of this that's you want the artist to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And if you know the spoiler, then you are inherently telling yourself the story because you're wondering. Oh, I guess that's the thing that helps them get to the thing that does the other thing. Right. That it's like, oh, I know that he's the one who shoots the dog at the end. So there's a reason why he lost his job in the first act. Right. Right. Yeah. So you are you are building. It's almost more like building a Lego set than it is watching this autonomous thing come together.
0: Right. And there's some value in the journey as well. I mean, I don't want to diminish the idea. The, the idea that a book or a movie or a, or a television show are all about the big reveal and nothing else is selling the writers, the authors, the actors, everybody a little bit short because all that stuff leading up to it is important and, and, and potentially inter- interesting. And you kind of don't have your big reveal without it. So it can't all be about the reveal. You have to like... You know, other stuff, too. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Scott and um, Justin. It's uh, Greg. Hey, Greg. What's up? What's up, Greg? Um, uh, Can I relate the spoiler to, like, comics instead of movies? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I, um, so I feel that, uh, like for comics, if it's out the week, like that Wednesday, I feel that maybe like for a whole week until like the next, uh, next Wednesday that, uh, it should be spo- like spoiler free sort of thing, or at least that if they've read the comic sort of thing. Do you, do you have a lot of situations where, um, you you there's a comic you want to get and somebody gets it a few days ahead of you and you end up hearing spoilers from them or some other source like is that is that a problem that you've had you No know, the whole like Batman uh 50 the wedding thing uh, I know that was a big thing by DC when they put that on uh
1: on early and mm, spoiled everybody
0: mm. Well what you're asking for uh, here's and here's the problem you're asking for uh a universal agreement on everybody's part to honor a a limit kind of like the uh, who created breaking bad uh Vince Gilligan said two weeks was his thing he's like two weeks and then you can talk about spoilers that's what that should be the general rule everybody should have two weeks of spoiler free whatever and then you can talk about it and at the yeah. time he, the context was was his own show at the time breaking bad on his podcast but uh he kind of applied it to everything that's great and all but we don't live in a world where everybody <laughs> makes a social contract and then sticks to this two week agreement or any other sort of time agreement. So
1: well, I, and I also think it's like two weeks for two weeks for a Breaking Bad, where it's like if it's airing, then you're like, all right, well, look, if you're not here for episode one, then like, who am I going to talk to episode two about? If you're not even watching episode one, like, I just need a community that I can, I, I need, I need a, a permission that I can express some of this thought. Uh, if it's something like Infinity War which people have waited years for, right? 10 years for, right. I, I think that it's a larger halo. It was like a month before I would feel comfortable making like, I don't feel so good Mr. Stark jokes because <laughs> there's, there's just an element to that that, that needs to be uh, uh, respected because there's just more stakes on it.
0: Right. If you let something, let's, let's look at it from this angle and I'd be curious what people think about this as well. What if you just let something slip? Um, that's not overtly a spoiler, but maybe could lead people's brains down a certain path or something, and you really didn't mean to do it. I'm saying this because I do this all the time. Okay, so give me an example. All right, uh, let me think. I'm on, um, I'm on a podcast again. You know, this is going to be different for everybody else, but I'm on a show, or actually, you know, this happened live at in Vegas. We were on the stage. And the restaurant that we went to to do midnight eating or dark eating or whatever it was, uh, where it was pitch black in there and you ate these four course meals. The whole point of that, or one of the points of that was they said, please don't tell anyone else outside of here what the menu is or any of the items on it, because we don't change the menu that often. And we want people to come in and and have a spoiler free, even use that term when I was at the restaurant, spoiler free experience with their food. And right in the middle of, that or we were having a conversation on stage and Brian was saying, so yeah, so we're not supposed to talk about what we have, but it was really good. This and that and the other. And then I blurred out, not intentionally. I wasn't trying to be funny. I just forgot and said, Oh wait, those were the dumplings or whatever it was. Yeah. And then the audience laughed at me and I realized, Oh shit, I've done the thing that I that We're not supposed to do when somebody lets something like that slip. I mean, how much consternation should we be laying on their feet? Like, we really give it to them these days. I
1: mean, no, number one, that example is you just not listening to your co-host.
0: No, I listen, I just. That example is you just, uh,
1: I think it was Jim Norton who described his acting strategy as not talking, not talking, not talking, not talking, 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 not talking, not talking, not talking. talking, (laughs) So that's, that's just you waiting for your turn to talk and not listening to what Brian
0: said. I heard so what I, he said. I just, it didn't, it, the way it went well, be. Okay. Yeah, it's on listen. the record. You, you guys can listen. go hear it. You
1: heard it. You might have heard it, but you did not listen enough to process what he was saying. If you immediately knew the opposite.
0: Right, I've done that's
1: that. It's a human thing. I'm not saying that you're an asshole for doing it, but I think that's <laughs> that's more <laughs> where, where 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 that lies. But in... in the root of it, I think the root of it is courtesy and and just trying to do your best to your fellow man yeah. at trying to create a good, make it so it's not the tragedy of the commons.
0: Right. And,
1: and by the way, I'm not great with this. Here's a move that I've pulled a million times and I always feel bad about. Okay. Ashley and I. We'll get out of uh, a movie. Usually we go to see it at the Alamo Drafthouse in San Francisco. We live in Oakland right over the bridge. So we get an Uber to go back to our place in Oakland. We then do what many couples do after they leave a movie. Talk about it. Except for the fact that we've often seen the movie as early as anyone can see it. The 7 o'clock screening on Thursday night is as early as anybody can possibly go unless they have some sort of, uh, uh, you know, pre-screening or something. Sure. So we're spoiling the movie for this Uber driver, <laughs> and they have no choice. Like, what are they going to do? Kick us out? Right. Like they're they're on the way back, and I always feel bad about it. Not enough for me to not spoil the movie, <laughs> but I feel terrible.
0: Yeah, uh, clearly not too bad, but just bad enough. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Yeah, hey, this is uh, Etizzle Smash in the chat. Hey, man.
1: What up? Um, I, I just want to say I think, if people seek out. Things like they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter. And when they hear spoilers, they get mad. And I think if you go to the theater and you've seen it before and you yell at the ending in the crowd, that's kind of a greasy move. But if <laughs> you're out there seeking it out, it's
0: kind of your own fault. You are, you, are you in Canada by chance? Yeah. Oh, man. You guys use the term greasy all the time, and I love it. I need to use it more in my life. Like instead of me going, oh, <laughs> that guys they're up to some weird business or whatever. I'm going to start saying that is some greasy stuff. Those guys are up to something greasy. I love that term. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you know what? You Dizzle
1: Smash, thank you so much for bringing that up. Because here is an example that for you... Oh, spoilers are good! Spoilers are fantastic! Uh, I have a complicated one for you. Okay. So this was The Last Jedi, the, the day it came out, or the day before it came out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, in my chat, a gigantic block of text shows up. Yeah. And I start reading it, and I'm halfway through... By the, because I I don't get it. It's all these like random jumbled words. It was literally just every spoiler from The Last Jedi.
0: (laughs) Well, that's just people being
1: dicks. That's just dicks. But according to this ironclad scientific study, that person did me a tremendous favor. I enjoyed the movie more. Because he injected a spoiler into my life where I didn't want
0: it. Right, but what you're saying... Okay, that's actually possible, although I don't think the study included people being dicks about it when they were... Well, no, no, no. But, I mean, uh, here's what I'm saying. Your
1: point was every spoiler makes everything better, so we need to get over our (laughs) hang-ups of spoilers. Yeah. I'm saying that there was a point... I was annoyed with that dude. Now, here's the complicated part. I was more excited for the movie because those spoilers (laughs) were awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, it made me, it put me at ease where I'm like, all right, if that dude made up all those spoilers, like I am, I I'll be annoyed because like, no, like the thing that happens to the big bad guy yeah. in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> like the thing that happened to all these other people, like all I can think of like, if, if that is just like the thing, like the bottom line pitch that Ryan Johnson gave to Disney of like, all right, I'm going to do this to this person. I'm going to do this to this person. I'm going to do this to this person. This to this person yeah. I'd be like,
0: Hell yeah, make that movie, dude! Yeah, I mean, okay, this actually brings up a good point. By the way, thank you, so Canadian I, caller. He was
1: a dick, and yet, but I have a very weird process. Like, I would almost prefer if if, if a movie's awful, yeah, I want to get awful spoilers. Yeah, like I want like, oh no, this is just an awful thing. Yeah, and maybe that dude was trying to ruin it for me because he thought that those spoilers were awful. Although, if there is any criticism of the Last Jedi as a film, I've yet to see it yeah it's uh, not been
0: out there really quiet on the Star Wars front about people's feelings about Last Jedi just nothing yeah yeah weird uh,
1: but but yeah no I'm uh, uh, it was it was a complicated thing for me because I hated that person I immediately
0: banned him Oof, uh, but then you got but, a better experience at the thing
1: but, but, but no I was like good man good dude this movie's gonna rule
0: <laughs> all right so so I okay I have a I have a, 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 a differentiating part uh, or a place to make here or a point to make And that is that uh, for some reason, I don't mind it in my single episode television. I think I would mind it if I started Game of Thrones on day one and then somebody told me what happens in episode 12. I think I'd probably have a problem with that. But if it's day of the the finale and somebody lets something fly, I'm like, I'm seeing it tonight. It's only an hour. It's not that big a deal to me. Like the investment versus the knowledge is not that important. But TV and movies, I can live with it. Where I really have a stink eye about spoilers, and I'm completely hypocritical about spoilers compared to how I feel about them with TV and movies, is books. I cannot stand it if somebody has spoiled anything about a book I'm reading. And I don't want to freaking know. Even and, and, and what's funny is there are some books I know the endings of because I've read them five times. I've read The Stand five times. I've yeah. read all of the Dark Tower books by Stephen King at least that many times. And there are other books I enjoy just as much. I love American Gods. I've read that like three times. Like, even those where I know the endings,
1: mm-hmm. the first
0: run through, I would be so pissed if somebody spoiled it. I'm reading a fantasy novel right now that if somebody told me how this ends, I'd be so freaking angry at them.
1: If, if By the way, if you've never read
0: Game Change, Obama <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot the name of his book. You really had me going there for a second. No, 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 no. Was... That,
1: that was like the book about the
0: campaign. <laughs> right. Uh,
1: yeah 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 i I, uh different um,
0: investment you think is it time is that what it is Say,
1: but also like i would think if to me the argument of oh no the spoiler enhances it is almost more applicable in books because you have more time to luxuriate in every little piece of the way that you get there because that's a multi-hour experience yeah right yeah uh and 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 also a book Unlike a television show, they know the beginning, middle, and end. Right. Like, they, they, they begin with the end in mind in a way that television shows, even if you generally have an idea how you know Breaking Bad was going to end, that Vince Gilligan had Breaking Bad was going to end, it surely changed a, a dozen different times in many consequential ways based on who the audience was responding to, who the network liked, who they the writer, as they kept writing it, wound up finding more fascinating and different ways that that stuff changed.
0: Yeah. I mean, hmm. I'll never forget this very specific experience. You know that guy I've told you about that owes me like 80 grand for contract work he never paid me for? Still hasn't, by the way. Anyway, ugh. So back in the day, uh, I was seeing him all the time because we were doing work for him. And I remember one day... It was the day after the Harry Potter book. I, can I talk about Harry Potter spoil- spoilers at this go, point? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's in the movies now and everything. The sure. the, the was it ha- Half Blood Prince is where Dumbledore died. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Book had, book had come out midnight before I had gotten my copy at a midnight um thing release party thing. Yeah. Super into Harry Potter books, loved them all. Uh, went in there. And somebody said, hey, Scott, didn't you go to the Harry Potter book release last night? I said, I did. And this guy that owes me money, at the time he didn't, but anyway, he's in this office and he goes, Dumbledore dies, Dumbledore dies, like at the top of his lungs. He's the equivalent of that all caps guy on Twitter that just is doing this to rile people up. Yeah, I hate that. So even though, and let's say it was the movie he was talking about, even if I wasn't that worried about it being spoiled, this then boils down to just don't be a freaking dick. Like, don't be a dick to people. Like it's not funny enough. You don't get enough of a reaction out of people to make this fun for very long. Like quit being an infantile turd monkey and don't do it. This guy was in his I 40s, mean, so he's actually like I think a- mean that. Yeah.
1: That's our key here. Is like we live in a shared space. You wouldn't throw trash in front of somebody. Like this is an equivalent of just social etiquette. If somebody wants to enjoy something, don't actively try to erode their enjoyment because our methods of, of, of enjoying things are very different. So it's like, yes, I will default to a level that I'm not going to spoil things. Right. Like, not because even if I wholeheartedly believed that knowing every little thing about everything made it better. Right. And there are sometimes, again, that I do. I lowered my expectations for the Ghostbusters movie when the script leaked and I read reviews of the script. <laughs>
0: Right, you couldn't help because yourself, could you? Because people, you. people yeah. were hating it, right. right? right.
1: And so I was like, oh, well, it can't be that bad. I really like uh, all these people. Oh. <laughs> <I> mean, like <laughs> another universe? Like they're not even just taking the same... Like, oh, that seems weird. Mm-hmm. Like, a dance sequence? Which didn't even make a movie because it was so bad. It's in the but you're cell.
0: making a good argument for uh, how you're able to find additional uh, entertainment.
1: But even if I do everybody's not me. Right. Other people are hardcore right, about it. Right, right, and right. And I want to respect, just because I'm further into that spectrum doesn't mean that I shouldn't respect their ability to do
0: it. I completely agree. You're on the air, caller. Who's this? Hey, Scott and Jerry. It's uh, Kilmarnock1285 from the chat room. Hey, man. I was listening. I think Jerry actually just hit on I think it's about setting the expectations. I mean, setting aside, don't be a dick. Yeah. But I think if you have something spoiled for you whether it's by accident or what have you it's it sets your expectations better you know going into it you're not setting your expectations too high or too low you know exactly what you're going to be getting so you can enjoy it more Mm. yeah that's interesting i I, i'll tell you something my wife does that's pretty crazy um thank you for the call by the way and that's this i've probably talked about this before i don't know but my wife when we go to movies and there are previews she'll Mm -hmm. say to me she'll elbow me and go Is this something that I need to not see? And what she means by that is, is this a Marvel movie or a Star Wars thing or a big deal? Because she loves that stuff, but she's not like me where I'm eating and drinking it all the time. She just likes to go escape and not know anything about it going in there. She got to see Mad Max that way. She got to see Infinity War that way. She had no knowledge leading up to Infinity War. Does she
1: like leave the theater or just like cover her
0: eyes? She covers her, she closes her eyes, puts her fingers in her ears and hums, Uh, it's not not audible for the rest of the theater to hear it
1: yeah but But, just so you can hear it in your own ear yeah
0: now here's where I will cop to being just a tiny piece of the dick I was describing earlier gotcha because sometimes a trailer will come on and I'll know what it is and I'll think ooh this is a thing Kim would like and see if she notices and she'll sit there for a second catch the first 30 seconds and go hold on is this something I should watch and I'll go I don't know it's like she'll kind of stick with it, and then kind of listen, it, is, and then she'll is. go, "It is too." And she'll plug her ears and close her eyes. What a wiener penis you are! <laughs> I know, get dude. I know, and I only get away with it because you know we're married, and this is how it's we roll. Pretty greasy. Pretty greasy. It's pretty greasy, Canada. Pretty, pretty greasy. uh Do you have people like that? Like I know, <laughs> Chapman keeps bringing them up, but Jeff canada is is known for his uh Kanata goes too. Far. He goes pretty I mean, far. Like
1: well, I mean, I would just say that Kannada is somebody. If you're unfamiliar with his religious philosophy, he is among the unsullied. <laughs> he does not watch trailers. He does not read reviews. Now, also, Kannada is a movie reviewer.
0: Yeah, and so a buff. Kanata he loves them.
1: Go see movies before anybody else. So it's also a little bit of an easier process for him because he doesn't have to deal with not going, not being able to see the movie on the Friday. Yeah. Right. Because he's seeing it on a Tuesday, three weeks before the movie comes out. Right. Uh, So I, I think that's excessive. I enjoy trailers. I think trailers are an art form of themselves. And just like I enjoyed knowing, like I enjoy recalibrating my expectations based on a trailer. Right. For example, Venom is like any, a uh, 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 brooding young teenager uh, who's into comics my favorite two uh comic book characters growing up were venom and ghost rider yeah because they were dark man <laughs> uh and i watched the trailer for venom and despite the fact that i like a lot of the talent involved I was not in love with any of the trailers, including the one that just came out. Oh, I don't love today's, now, do you? Hmm. All but right. now I know that I shouldn't go in thinking, yeah, I love Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, uh, the, the new the Spider-Man properties at Sony are now the best. Like, <laughs> let's go into it. So excited. Yeah. Now I know to go in expecting something a little bit more conventional, the way that I would walk into a DC movie at this point. Like, it's not that I, I am going to hate it immediately. I'm going to level. I'm not going to expect from the universe that brought you Spider-Man homecoming. Here's
0: Venom. It's hard though. Right. Cause you'll see a trailer for, um, uh, Valerian Valerian and the city of a thousand planets. And you'll go, Oh my Lord. I love that weird psycho comic. And I love, uh, Luke Basson, and I loved fifth element. And this looks incredible. What I'm seeing in this trailer and then you go to the movie and go, Oh, all right. Well, it's serviceable and kinda of okay in places and that leads terrible, but anyway, whatever. And so the trailer in some cases pumped things up to be way to get your expectations a little too high. So I mean, maybe I mean,
1: But that's your own, that's your own like like cause I watched that Valerian trailer and I'm like, all right, like that was like some crazy weekend where Luke Bassant just shot a bunch <laughs> of stuff in his garage on green screen and it was hopped up on death, <laughs> and like you know, I think both those actors that, that actor and actress just like, you know, we're at a party past six o'clock and Luc Masson's like, No,
0: no, no, put this on, put, put this it, on. Do, do you're on
1: a you're on the planet. Go, go, <laughs> shut your gun. Like I don't know what, what that accent was. that was.
0: I like that French. It went from French to something else. It's fine. Uh, it's Luc Masson. He does what he wants. Yeah. Uh
1: but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean I I I have my I feel like I have a fairly good. Gauge of like, I can watch a trailer and understand fairly well where I am going to like a movie
0: and where I'm not going to like a movie. Yeah, I I have I have
1: rules. I have trailer rules. Have have we ever talked about my trailer? This should
0: talk about this. This is perfect for the spoiler show. If it's all action scenes Mm.
1: and the action scenes aren't like, oh my god, somebody's physically doing something that I've never seen a human do before, right? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, then you're in trouble. Yeah. If there is no dialogue between characters, meaningful dialogue between characters, and the movie is going to largely depend on camaraderie amongst characters, that's a bad sign. (laughs) If you don't know the general outline of a story. Yeah. And by that, I mean like they got to get the gem to the well, (laughs) right? Just something basic. (laughs) then yeah. that's a bad sign mm-hmm. it means that there is probably a very convoluted too dumb story and now you are just going to be confused like it means that somebody watched that movie and was like jesus <laughs> all right uh i guess let's just put together all the scenes where somebody gets punched and we'll do the three funny one-liners and let, let's let's get out of here
0: yeah I think that's a pretty good general rule. I think they're going to be outliers, but for the the most part, I think that's a fair way to treat a trailer. Um, But I I can think of a pretty good modern example. And even though, I mean, I think they've kind of earned their stripes since, certainly since three and forward, but uh, opening tonight, well, opening this week, but we're seeing it tonight, or open last weekend, um, we're seeing the new Mission Impossible Fallout tonight. And very excited to see it. um, Based on everything I'm hearing about it. And they're not spoilers, so it doesn't really apply to this whole spoiler conversation, but I don't know, maybe some people see it as spoilers, but people, uh, reviewers, others who have seen early screenings are like, it is the coolest action movie, Scott, since Fury Road, and we know how much you love that. That was enough for me to go, oh, well, shit, let's go then. Then it gets 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Then it's got everybody talking about the most amazing stunts they've ever seen in an action well, film. I
1: think but that's, that's the thing. is Mission Impossible, much like the Fast and the Furious movie, are kind of a, a, a immune from my trailer rules in that they're such a defined property
0: yeah.
1: that is so replicable that you just really need for them to prove. It's basically like in those cop movies when like the cop just like dips his pinky in in in, in the cocaine and yeah. just like you know puts it on his tongue and he's like, oh, it's pure, right? Yeah. Like you just need that with those movies. There's been a million of them. You know what you're getting. You just need to know in this one, Tyrese drives a a (laughs) helicopter that runs into a submarine and in mission impossible tom cruise runs really fast there's another hunk who punches somebody else and there's a crazy physical stunt that tom cruise does yet another insanely physical thing uh that makes you be like holy crap i can't believe he's a 59 year
0: old yeah well he's like 54 but he's got like he it's almost like he's got um that's a way of putting this He's got. Well, Z- well, also, he's- they actually
1: use they use the scene where he broke his ankle.
0: Oh yeah, they totally oh, yeah. did. Yeah, like do-
1: they use it's like in the movie where like it's a it's a practical stunt where he jumped from building to building, broke his ankle, <laughs> and so when he gets up and is limping in the movie, it's because he actually broke his ankle during, doing that stunt by
0: himself. Yeah, and he's got Xenu yeah, looking over him all the time, all so the I don't I think he's bro. just not afraid because Zenu's there, you know, because he believes yeah. in Zenu. <laughs> Uh, nothing uh,
1: makes nothing is funnier to me than than the Mormon crapping on the other religion. <laughs> like as if you guys don't get it enough. And listen, Scientology is a gross thing. I'm not trying to defend Scientology. Or compare Scientology to Mormonism, but I do always
0: think it No, it sense. is look, I just think Xenu is a funny thing to say mainly. It's not Oh, it respect. is.
1: Oh, that is hilarious.
0: Yeah. And they torture and people. They torture
1: uh, uh, oh there's that uh, and it's kind of a cult and they cut off people from their
0: family yeah all that yeah. stuff is pretty rough uh, hey we should uh, take our leave now before we go um, a quick thought if uh, you weren't able to call in today and you want to hear your voice heard show at com. I'm hearing myself for yeah. some reason I don't know why why am I hearing myself hold on what's that about I don't know hello test test one two okay now it seems to be fine uh, anyway uh, uh b- Uh, So show at gmail.com is where you're going to want to send that stuff. And I want to make a a point again, and I don't say it enough probably, but the website has notes and a place for you to comment freely without having to register or anything. You don't even have to leave your real name if you don't want to. You can just go over there and say stuff at frogpants.com slash unfriend me. Okay? So do that. What's our topic next week?
1: Oh, Scott. Every time I do the research, I'm like, this week pick a topic for next week so you're not randomly running through all these things trying to elongate your words yeah. so you time yeah. and eventually settle on i mean what do you think i mean performance enhancing <laughs> drugs and sports
0: maybe Ooh, yeah actually that's come up again recently in something oh i saw i know why because i saw that movie uh, that won last year for best documentary it was that uh Netflix deal. Um, uh, Icarus. Oh, the
1: one where the one where they like exposed forty years of Russian cheating.
0: Yes, Icarus. Where it was, what's great about the documentary, and I really recommend people watch it, is it doesn't start that way. It's them making a documentary about a guy who races, and he wanted to see if if he took the performance-enhancing drugs, if he could work his way through the bigger circuits or not. That was the documentary. It had nothing to do with Russia. It had nothing to do with the Olympics. It was just hey, this thing that supposedly worked for, what's his name, um, Lance Armstrong, maybe let's see what would happen on our small scale and let's document it. It was that simple. And that thing turned into, talk about a pivot. I don't want to, okay, so maybe this is a spoiler. It pivots hard in the middle. And you're like, whoa, okay, totally different movie. Stakes are way different now. It's awesome. So it's on my mind. It's on your mind. It's on all our minds, damn it. We're between the Olympics, a perfect time to talk about well, I'll tell you what. enhancing drugs.
1: If you want to do that, I'm going to, give you, I'm going to give you a choice. That
0: or. Oh, there's an or? Illegal immigration. <gasps>
1: illegal immigration's a hot topic right
0: now. I think we might get more calls on illegal immigration. I don't mean purple vests and t-shirts that have SpongeBob on them either. I mean hot topic like people are talking about it all the time. Um. All right boy now i'm torn okay so all right let's do that next week illegal immigration the week after that hot topic no uh i'm not gonna promise anything okay we Legal don't have to promise anything okay illegal immigration Russell
1: your jimmies folks get your jimmies all rustled we're gonna talk about it next
0: week <laughs> yeah no abortion yet everyone calm down all right that's coming at some point we don't know when we don't know how but you're gonna pay for it that's all we know for sure Uh, that should do it for the show. Justin, before we go, I know you're headed to Gen Con. Anything you'd like to tell people that are in the Gen Con area before this weekend?
1: Yeah, if you're going to Gen Con this week, uh, I'm demoing Contender and hopefully Action News. Uh, You can come see us at Escape Room Indie. Literally like a block off the the convention center. Very close. Very walkable. You're probably going to walk by it if you go to a restaurant outside of the convention center, which I would recommend. Uh, so, come on up and, and see us. We're on the second floor, but you can look it up. Escape Room Indy, myself, John Teasdale, demoing fun games and saying hi to everybody.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You guys should do that. Uh, the Bunch of Frog Panthers always at Gen Con, and you can run into many of them. So, make the trip if you live nearby or uh, I was going. Yeah,
1: yeah, Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Yes. You don't know where
0: No, it's where the 500 is. And uh, the home state of David Letterman. That's uh, Just look it up. You'll find it.
1: Yes. No, I mean, in case you were curious, (laughs) Indiana
0: indeed is a state. Yeah, it's one of the the lower 48. Enjoy. Uh, Let's see. What else is going on? There's always something going on at frogpants.com, specifically frogpants.com slash unfriendme. That'll be everything you need to know about the show, including our Patreon. Thank you everybody who supports us there. If you find what we talk about here valuable, and I know I do, I'll bet a bunch of you do as well, and you've got an extra buck laying around, think about heading over there and uh, throwing it our way. That's at unfriend me sorry it's a patreon.com slash unfriend me do it today and we thank you for your support I think that's going to do it for us for me for Justin and for all you spoiler heads out there we'll see you next time
1: bye unfriends